If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be looking in uh, the first verse here of Psalms 121. If you don't have a Bible with you, it'll be on the screen. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Just a short chapter here in the book of Psalms. Verse number one, once again, says, I will lift up mine eyes. It's a declaration, a declaration that the writer is sharing with us from his point of view and his perspective at that moment in life. He's saying, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a little while today from this question. Is it really that hard? God bless you. You may be seated. Is it really that that hard? It'll be eight years uh, in the month of December that Lisa and I and the girls moved here to Colorado. It's hard to believe that Eight years has uh, already come and gone, but uh, eight years from the time that we pulled into town on December the 28th, it was just a few days after Christmas, we left North Carolina on, uh, I think it was Monday or so after Christmas, and we, we drove and we got here on Wednesday the 28th, and we were really not sure about what our future was going to be, how it would all work out. We didn't know anyone, and we pulled into Southlands Mall, and we got a room at, at uh, the hotel there, and instead of unloading everything into the room, we decided uh, to grab something to eat. We'd been on the road for a couple of days and everything was fast food and so we wanted something a little bit better than that and there was a barbecue restaurant not far away and we decided that Jim and Nick's would be the place that we would eat on that Wednesday night, first, first evening in town and that's where it all began. Now, we had uh, come in and out of Colorado several times previous to that in the months leading up to that. In fact, I remember being here uh, around the 1st of December. It may have been December the 1st. And uh, we came into town. We rented a car. It was early, early morning. We rented a car. Flew in, when we flew in, we were meeting with a, a real estate agent to look at some homes. And so we had this place figured out that we would meet up in Parker at the Costco there park the car, and get in with this agent and look at homes that day. So we rented a car, we got to Costco, we jumped out of the car, 
into the car with the agent. We spent the day looking at homes, and it was really cold on that uh, December 1st. It was super cold all the way down into the single digits, and the, the parking lot was covered with snow, and, and here was this was an introduction for us to Colorado, and we ran around all day with this agent, house after house after house, and finally that evening she took us back to the uh, parking lot, and she was going to drop us off at our car, and, and now the parking lot was full. When we got there early in the morning, there was no one there. We were the only car in the parking lot. So when we got back, I was trying to remember what kind of car did I rent this morning 10 hours ago or whatever it was. And, and we were driving around. I said, I think that's the car. I believe that was the color. It was a small uh, crossover, or a small SUV. Let's go, let's go see if that was it. So she let us out of the car and Lisa and I were looking around and, and we were we're walking up to this car, other cars were parked all around it. And I said, well, that one's running. That's not, that's not the car um, <laughs> that we had, so we need to keep looking. Lisa said, no, I think that's the car. I said, that can't be the car. It's running. Someone must be in the car. And we looked. No one was in the car, and you now are figuring the story out. I left the car running all day at Costco and uh, it was single digit, like I said. The heat was full blast. When we got in the car, we could not even sit down. It was so hot in the car. We had to roll the windows down, single digits. It wasn't a puffer deal. It was just, I just completely forgot. I just jumped out of the car, half asleep, flying from the East Coast, and left the car running all day. So uh, we have some stories to tell. Somehow we're getting a little bit better about all of this uh, cold weather cold weather stuff. And, and we're, we're, we're eight years into this, and I just want to say here from the outset that it hasn't lost its wonder, at least on me. Now, I, I, can't, I can't speak for anyone else. I can speak for people that have sense, but if you don't have any sense, I cannot speak for you. I can just say that eight years later, it hasn't lost its, its wonder. And, and time and time again, Lisa and I will comment to one another, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? Throughout the day, we'll, we'll see something and we'll say, isn't this beautiful? Or we'll be out of state, traveling, ministering somewhere, seeing family, and we're always anxious about getting back to Colorado because we live in a beautiful state and we live in an amazing city and uh, we say this over and over. In fact, when people come into town, if they are not as impressed as I am, I try to impress them with how impressed I am. And, and I want to say, did you see that? Are you looking at that? Hey, did you miss that? Well, right down there, I, I want them to be as excited as I am. Candace, I see you smiling. It's a lot different from Arkansas, right? Looks a whole lot different. But it's, it's amazing. You want your family when they come into town. I want them to be amazed. I want our friends and people that we interact with that come to visit. I want them to be as impressed as I am about living in 
this city. Now, I'll get back to that in a minute, but I want to bring out, if I can, and at least take your attention for a few minutes to the book of Luke, uh, the ninth chapter. Here is a story uh, that's very familiar for for all of us that know much about the Bible. Jesus is uh, going to perform a miracle that many people know about, and I just want to read it in the context of how this happened. The tenth verse says, And the apostles... When they were returned, they told him all that they had done. And he took them and he went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away that that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and find food is what they're saying, for we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. He said, You want to send them away so they can find a place to stay and eat. And Jesus said, Why don't you take care of their need? You, you feed them. And they said, we, we don't have anything to compare to the need that is present. All we have is five loaves and two fish. Except we should go and buy meat for all these people. They said, this isn't enough. And the only way we could somehow meet their need is if we went and purchased more meat for them. For they were about 5,000 men. Now when you think about the women and children that were there, then the number could easily have been 15,000 plus. So there were maybe 10, 15, 20,000 people there and all they had was five loaves and two fish. And Jesus has put them on the spot now and He said, I don't like your idea about sending them away I don't want to send people away that have a need. Why don't you meet their need? And they said, we don't have the resources to meet the need. All we have are these few loaves and fish. Unless we go into the town and try to buy enough meat for 20,000 people, we just don't see anything positive working out right here. And he said unto his disciples, Make them set down by fifties in a company. And they did so and, and made them all set down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. Even this, I love this part of the story. Even when we do not feel like we're capable of meeting the needs that are there, if we give him the opportunity He will not cut us out of the deal, but He will bring us in and allow us to be a part of what He's going to do. I love that about our God. That when when our faith isn't strong enough and when our ability isn't enough and we're not perfect enough or good enough and we're, we're not checking all of the boxes, He doesn't cut us off and say, what is your problem? You ought to meet the need. So you can't meet the need? You want me to meet the need? Who are you? Why are you following me? Get out of here and let me find somebody else. That's not the way He operates. 
So today, if you feel like you might be inadequate or you feel like you're not measuring up or you feel like everything that you want to see get done is not getting done, don't give up on Him because He isn't going to give up on you. In fact, if you'll give Him a little time, He'll probably bring you into the deal and into the process of what He is about to do. So he said, just have them set down a certain number. And then he took what they had in their hands and he looks to heaven. He blesses this. He breaks it and he gives it to the disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled. And there was taken up fragments that remained of them, twelve baskets. So there there was more left over than what he started with. That's the way God always operates. Amen. That you may start with a little, but God plans on blessing you to the degree that there was a whole lot left, a lot more than what you started with when His hands become a part of the process. And so here we are in this setting after some days have passed and they're in a desert and it looks like it's impossible. The, the disciples are feeling, this is, this is interesting, because a lot of people when talking about these verses, they, they don't really highlight this, but there was a sensitivity in the disciples because they were concerned about the people. They were not there just saying, what can I get out of this? Or what are you going to do for us? The whole story started with them coming back to Him and Jesus taking just that little group out alone so He could minister. This whole thing started with what was about to happen in their life. Now the story takes a turn because a multitude of people see and hear and follow Jesus to where He wanted this private retreat with His disciples. So He's going away with them, but a multitude realizes that He's near and they follow Him into the desert, into this wilderness with His disciples, which now puts everything that Jesus had in mind for His disciples, it put it all on hold. Now, People that are all about me and I, and they would have probably kicked up dust right then and said, what is the deal, Lord? We're with people all of the time. These folks are driving us crazy. Isn't there any time when it can just be us? They're everywhere. We can't get away. But you don't read in the story where they allowed this frustration of, well, something was great was about to happen for me and now. No, what we read in the story is time has elapsed and they realize the need of the people and they're no longer focused on themselves, but they're focused on the people and they say, Lord, they're hungry. They need a place to stay probably going to have to send them away because we don't have anything out here to meet the need. So I see in the story that there was a sensitivity on their part, on their part, to meet the needs of others. When they could have easily said, this whole weekend was going to be about us. This whole week was going to be about us. Sometimes in life, we can get so preoccupied by what we are expecting and what will benefit us that we will miss little moments in our life to see the needs of other people and figure out how we can be a blessing in their life, even if that puts my blessing off for a day or two or a little while. I don't think you ever go wrong serving. 
You never go wrong recognizing the needs of others. You never go wrong in trying to meet those needs and fulfill something in their life because in all of this, you will also be blessed. Amen. It did not say in the story that he fed the multitude and he cut his disciples out and said, now, I'll take care of you guys later. No, in the process, in the process of feeding the multitude, he also fed them. They were also full and there was a lot left over, much more that was left over than what he began with. So in the presence of this overwhelming challenge, I want you to see that they they are now saying, Lord, We don't have adequate resources to meet the need. When Jesus said, you take care of it. You see the need, take care of it. Here's the thing. Most of the time, the needs that we see in others, we're not capable of taking care of. I can't answer everybody's question. There is no way that I could put myself in the shoes of some people and all that they've gone through to even begin to think, or feel, or process stuff like they're, they're processing feeling and thinking in their life. So it's, it's a fallacy for us to feel like or even to assume that we have, as individuals, everything that everybody we come in contact with needs. And here's where they were. This was overwhelming. And in the day that we're living in, There are many things that come to me that I feel overwhelmed. There is no way I have the answer for all of that. There is no way I can figure all of that out or work all of that out or the resources to take care of all of that. But when He steps in, I can play a part in what He's going to do. The challenge is no different for Him than it is for you and I but He's capable of doing things that you and I are not capable of doing. And so when we try to be the end-all, answer-all to everybody's situation, we make a mistake. I think honesty is the, really the direction we should go when people are asking questions that sometimes you just say, I don't know the answer. I don't have, I don't have it all figured out, but I know someone that does, and I do know someone that cares, and if I can't take care of it, I know somebody who can. So when you look at the story in the presence of this overwhelming challenge, all of these people that are hungry, Christ steps back, the Bible said. He just kind of takes a step back, and He fixes His eyes on someone or something greater. I love the story because it tells us he takes the loaves and he takes the fish and he looks up to heaven. He didn't just start working. I want you to see this. This is, this is the whole message right here, all right? The first thing that he did once the inadequate resources were put in his hand, all he has is this little boy's lunch. He just has something that would have maybe fed an individual or a family. And he's looking at a multitude of people. (laughs) I kind of feel like you guys were looking at that when you were planning this picnic and just wondering, how are we going to pull all of this stuff off? How how are we going to get all of this taken care of? And and the budget is here, but we want to do all of this. And I was in some of those meetings and and who's going to do that? And where are we going to get that? And we really want to do this. And th- but all we have is this little lunch. 
and we have these two departments and we got to somehow figure out we got to figure out how to make it the best day possible with such small resources and i'm not saying i'm an answer to prayer but i'm saying these guys are cuz the time that you spent and the hours that you invested and the opportunity that we had went way beyond what money could buy and what a budget could do and what dollars and cents could make up. Because there was, there was interchange that happened. And there was connection that happened that you can't pay for <laughs> I mean, we use, we use sound systems out there. We use sound systems from the north side. We, we use sound from the south side, the resources of a lot of folks serving that day. I, I want you to see that sometimes when we don't have enough to take care of it all, when we put it in His hands, He will connect us with the right people and He will connect us with the right resources for things to begin to develop. And all of a sudden you pull stuff off and you just stand back and say, wow, how did that happen? The Scripture tells us the very first thing that Jesus did here once those resources were in His hands was He looked up to a higher power, to something that was greater. And I don't just say this because my friends are here today. I say this because this is the way we operate. When we moved here eight years ago, to my knowledge, I didn't know any of you. I met Matt and Bria in a restaurant probably, I don't know how many years ago that was. What, what was that, 10, 12, 10, at least 10 years ago, I was, I was here in Colorado preaching in Colorado Springs and uh, stayed over the weekend to preach uh, downtown, and on Sunday afternoon went to a restaurant and met Matt and Bria in a restaurant that day over 10 years. I had no idea that I was going to be here pastoring years later and that they would be in this. But when we moved here, we, all, all we had was our family of five. We had five little loaves. <laughs> And, and we couldn't find our fish. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh my Lord, what, what just happened here? But look where we are today. Look, look what God has done when you say, I'm not the answer. It's not what I can do. I feel inadequate to tackle such a, such a great task. But God is able to do something so much more than what I can do on my own when it's in His hands. But here's the point I want you to see. We haven't done any of this without first looking to Him. He looks to heaven and He blesses this and He breaks this and He hands it out and to the disciples and they pass it out and now it's greater in the end than it was in the beginning. And so this, this activity, this one activity or action if you will, invites something greater to transpire. And here's what I want you to see. The first thing that we should do in every situation when we feel like we're lacking in some way is look to Him. Look to 
Him. Lift your... Jesus did it. He is our example in everything. And He looks up knowing I can't do this without help that comes from above. We can't start churches without help that comes from above. We can't make a difference in our community without help from above. We can't be what God wants us to be without help from above. And so it's a necessary part of of experiencing the miraculous. If you desire miracles in your life, whatever kind of miracle that is, then this is a necessary part of that. It is necessary that you first realize, I can't meet the need, but I know someone who can. And I will look to Him for that help in every situation. And so I go back to Psalms 121 where the writer said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Amen. Which made heaven and earth. And I read all of this to you earlier, but he's talking about when you have enemies and when you have valleys and when you have challenges and when you have setbacks. He said, I made my mind up. There is one who doesn't slumber, who doesn't sleep, who is willing to show up at any time, at any moment, in any place. If I will first lift my eyes to Him and acknowledge I'm not the answer, but He is. I know who will step in and turn the entire situation around. And so no matter the weight of the difficulty that we are carrying, you may be carrying a heavy weight right now. And the difficulty in your family or on your job or in your finances or maybe your physical body, maybe that weight is more than what you feel like today that you can carry. I want you to remember this, that no matter how heavy it is, there is an opportunity for you to look up. To simply, with the weight that's pushing you down, to make sure that your eyes turn toward Him. Look toward Him when life feels like I can't go on one more step. I cannot carry this pressure any longer. I cannot deal with the stress that is overwhelming me right now. People look around. People look down. People close their eyes and refuse to look at situations. But the answer is not in looking down, looking around, or closing your eyes to it. The answer is in opening your eyes and looking to Him because He can come through for you no matter how traumatic the situation is. That's our God and He's on our side. Anybody thankful for that today? I want to see the hands of those that say, Pastor, it works. I've tried it. It works. Looking around doesn't work. Looking down doesn't work. Closing my eyes and acting like it doesn't exist doesn't work. But at the moment, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, sitting behind my desk, driving down the road in my car, that I look to Him, all of a sudden the weight that I could not bear, now I am able because He stepped in to the situation and He's given me strength to face what is before me. Somebody shout amen. And so the psalmist here needed to be reminded and he wanted to remind us that our help comes from the Lord. 
It comes from the Lord. The accomplishments and the attributes of our God is spelled out in this chapter in detail. He details God that He doesn't slumber, that He doesn't sleep, that He's willing to provide the miraculous, that He will bring healing, that He will show up when the enemy comes against you. He goes through all of these things and spells it out. But when you are on the bottom and when you're out of strength and you don't know how you're going to survive at all, please remember He isn't He isn't going to check out on you just because problems have shown up in your life. He came in the midst of the most challenging and difficult time to bring an answer. So don't think that your challenge or your situation is too great for Him not to show up where you are. Amen. You may be set back. You may be knocked down. You may be overwhelmed, but He isn't. Amen. Somebody shout, He isn't. He isn't. He isn't overwhelmed. He isn't set back. He isn't at the point of throwing in the towel. He's not ready to give up right now. He is the one that can step in and bring strength and comfort to you when life is so overwhelming. We never know the outcome of our circumstance until we take this action of looking up. You will never know how it could have really turned out unless you take this step. If you say, well... There was just no hope in it. Have you given him an opportunity? Because there may be a chance for this thing to turn around. I'm saying all this today simply because of this. And I told you I'd come back to it. A few days ago, I I was amazed again when driving west in our city. I'm not sure what what road I was in or or traveling on, but I, I, I just happened to look up while I was driving. And when I looked up, I saw our majestic mountains (laughs) to the west. And there they were in the distance. And all of a sudden, I just felt everything in the car change around me. Because here I am driving traffic, lights, people, cars, noise, weather, life, stuff going on in my mind, trying to get somewhere, and and all of this is happening, and I just, for whatever reason, looked up and again was reminded, this is a beautiful place. And we can get so caught up in the details of life and stuff that's going on. We live in an amazing city, a world-class city, and I don't know, I don't know when the last time that you looked west and you saw this. Karen does all the time because I see it on her Facebook post and she's in her living room taking pictures when it's snowing and then the next day and 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 so I see vicariously through her sometimes those things but but for me a lot of times life is just crazy and I and I'm not looking anywhere beyond the little scope of what I'm dealing with right now. And From time to time, something, I don't know if it's the angle of the road or or what it is, but sometimes I catch a glimpse and I just lift my eyes and immediately all the stuff that wasn't too pretty going on in my life, I'm like, wow, that is gorgeous. This This is the feeling that I want you to understand can come to you 
in the things of God. When life is so heavy and the details are overwhelming you and you feel inadequate and you cannot make up the difference, just lift your eyes to the one that can change the whole situation. Everything about my busy, hectic, crazy day suddenly shifted when I lifted my eyes and in a matter of moments all the stuff that was going on wasn't quite as important as that moment and the feeling that I was having then. And so somebody here this morning needs to stop stressing over every situation that you cannot change and give God the opportunity to step in and work through you to make a difference in that life. I don't, please don't try to, I, I don't, don't try to even get me to come up with an answer because I don't have the answer. I grew up in and around the church and I cannot tell you the last time that I heard the song, Blessed Assurance. It's not on my playlist. I mean, I'd never say, Alexa, play Blessed Assurance. I grew up hearing Blessed Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. Purchase It's not just something I listen to all the time. I don't even remember the last time that I listened to Blessed Assurance. But I had the radio playing while I was writing all of this out. And while I was writing all of this out, Blessed Assurance came on. (laughs) And when it came on, it came on the exact phrase, at least when I picked up on it, man, (laughs) I'm writing this about looking above. I'm writing this about looking up. I'm writing this about lifting your eyes. And all of a sudden, the the line in the song comes up. Looking above. I don't know how all that stuff happens. I don't know how God does all of that, but I just felt a confirmation that somebody needed to be reminded today. It's not really that hard (laughs) to just look up. It doesn't cost you anything You don't have to make any investment. You don't have to find anybody, have another alignment with a friendship or talk to somebody. All you have to do is look up. And if you'll look up, you'll see that your redemption draws nigh. If you just look up, you'll see that the one who can make up the difference will show up right where you are, no matter what the situation is. It really isn't that hard. And I encourage you today, don't keep living in the doldrums. Don't keep living overwhelmed. Don't keep living like you can't go on. You can when He steps in. You can when He takes over. You can when He puts His hand in the mix. Let's stand together.